This episode is brought to you by A Big Bag. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Kicks and Giggles podcast. On today's episode, we're going to be talking about my trip to New York. We're going to be talking about disgusting fucking airport experiences. And we're going to be talking about some Fear of God sneakers. And we're going to give a fuck about today's sneaker uh, portion. So it's going to be a great, well-rounded Kicks and Giggles episode. And uh, before I get into anything, I want to talk to you guys about something that I'm thinking about doing. Okay? And this is a classic... Angelo tells a maybe thing that is going to happen. So get fucking ready. Um, I've been thinking, you know, I met with Sam Roberts in within the past week. We met like and got dinner or we got lunch for like two and a half hours. We were talking about podcasting and where I want to go in my life and what he can do to fucking help me and his advice. He's been like a mentor for me when it comes to podcasting because he's the last professional broadcaster. He's fucking amazing at what he does. Um, he's got the wrestling podcast. He's had everyone in the WWE that fucking matters on his podcast. He's also managed to do his own show on YouTube. He's got like a huge setup in his basement. I mean, the guy's a fucking genius, you know? So he's been helping me a lot. He helped me before Kicks and Giggles was even a thing. Um, we would meet and he would give me some advice on like what I should be doing. And uh, yeah, I just, I really look up to him. So we met this week and we were talking about you know, I, the podcast is doing successful. Like, people are listening. I've got a lot of fucking listeners for a beginner. And uh, how can I focus more on the sneaker part? Because it's been neglected a little bit. I haven't really been doing what I wanted to with the sneaker portion of the podcast. And uh, I just was fucking a little lost. And he was telling me that, you know, you should just do two separate fucking shows. He's a big, he's a big separate show guy, which is good. He has an independent show. He has a wrestling show. He has like an online trending news fucking show. Like he's spread apart. He's tried a lot of things and he's just stuck with whatever he liked to stick with. You know what I mean? He didn't just fucking mash it all into one show and then try to just give this throw up type of fucking podcast. So I like how he has everything organized. I like that if I want to hear listening, I could go to the wrestling podcast. If I want to hear just Sam Roberts' opinion on shit, I could go to Sam Roberts' YouTube page. I like that. So I kind of want to do the same thing. And when I have guests on the show, obviously it would be, it would be like have the guest on the sneaker podcast and we only talk about kicks. And it's easier for me because it's not like What's your favorite color, man? Where were you fucking born? Dude, tell the fans. It's not like fucking boring and cringy and like who gives a fuck, you know? I'm sure you can look up on Wikipedia where all these people were born in and who gives a fuck really about like a lot of that shit, you know? It's just like getting to know each other. All the questions that I've asked, it shouldn't be like those questions should be broadcasted for fans to listen to. Because it's really just kind of boring shit. Um, so I would like to talk about shoes with a guy and like have more fun and make it a fun episode for people to listen to. Plus, a lot of people know these celebrities' backgrounds, but not a lot of people know what shoes they collect or where they got their first pair of shoes or if they've ever been robbed for a pair of shoes or whatever the fuck. So uh, I think that's a good idea. Let me know what you guys think I should do because your guys' uh, fucking opinion matters here. But... I just want to give that little disclaimer. And now we're going to talk about my trip in New York. So I have been back and forth with liking New York and not liking New York. Also, wait, another disclaimer. I know that my hair looks fucking stupid right now, okay? So just deal with it. I try to do this new thing where I like flip it to the other side because it like stand, it's like kind of like a poly D type of blowout thing. And I figured, like, dude, fucking hit New York, new hairstyle, chicks are going to want to fuck me. And then I go out and I and I just go to, out to eat alone every day. And, and then I sleep alone and I text zero women. So it doesn't really work. And the hairstyle's not really working. And I'm realizing that I look like a fucking douchebag. So sorry for that. But this is how it's fucking going today. So for all you viewers, sorry. Anyways, um... You guys know I'm back and forth with loving New York and hating New York, but recently as I've been going, I like it a lot more and I'm getting more comfortable with like the fast paced, everyone's in their own fucking zone. I feel like in LA, 
Here's the stereotypical fucking people that think about L.A. and New York. It's like L.A. is super chill and everyone's fucking high and everyone's like, what's fucking good, bro? And then New York is like the opposite. Everyone's like coked out of their mind, ready to fucking jump, do jumping jacks and like mean people. It's like LA is super chill, like stoned out, no one gives a fuck. New York is like mean, fast-paced cocaine. Now those three fucking things explain New York to a lot of people. The reality is New York people in my this is my fucking create your own stereotype with Angela Blando. Uh New York is people give a fuck about where they're going in their life. So yeah, they might be a little bit annoyed if you come up to them asking them where fucking Chester's Cheeto fucking bowl is. Um, and in LA, people just really care about fucking other people because they have nothing else to do. And I know that that kind of sounded shitty. So I mean like... You're fucking chilling on a beach, man. Like, sure, I'll listen to your story. What's up, man? Want to get high together? Like, that's why that, like, super chill vibe comes off. Because, yeah, when I'm in L.A., I want to lay on a fucking beach and, like, meet people. That's my thing. When I'm in New York, I want to get my fucking work done. So, it's like, I don't know. That's my own stereotypical fucking... That's New York and L.A. summed up. It's like, for me... I'm going to go to New York, I would move there first, get my work done, make all my money, and then once I'm rich, I would go to L.A. Because you can't fucking grind out in L.A. Like, being a guy that has a budget, it's like every Uber's 85 fucking dollars, every place is seven miles away from each other, and seven miles in L.A. is a lot. Um, And then, I don't know, in New York, everything's so close, you could walk. I walk from like 58th block to fucking 30th. And it takes me like 45 minutes. Like, it's not long at all. Everything's super close. It's really easy to, like, get around in New York, especially for Chicago. Chicago has, like, streets that are numbered, but, like, every number has a name with it. So it'll be, like, 48th Street is also Kedzie or whatever the fuck. Um, And I can't memorize numbers and names because it makes me want to fucking jump off a cliff. So in New York, it's just 1st, 2nd, 3rd, 48th, this way, and then the other fucking way, it's the same thing. 58th, 68th, it's so easy. Um, So navigating around New York is really easy for me. And just the fucking, I hate to say the word vibe, but that's what I'm going to say. And I know... It's a cringy young person's fucking stupid way of explaining shit, but it's just, it's, it's got good vibes there, okay? And this trip in particular, I actually got to meet Elvis Duran, which was awesome. My buddy Garrett that I've talked to you guys about before, he brought me up to the, I think it was the AT&T building, um, which is a fucking beautiful area. But he brought me to their building. I got to see the Breakfast Club people, Charlemagne, um whoever the DJ is, the other girl that's fucking great. I got to see all of them. I got to meet like every single person in this building that worked for uh, Elvis Duran's show. And what I didn't realize was that like one, like when I've went to other buildings before, like Sam Roberts and Howard Stern and all that, everyone has their own like room. I think Howard Stern has his own floor because he's the fucking goat. But um, in this AT&T building, like... Elvis Duran had his own room and then had like fucking 50 other rooms that were like little pods of people. And like one room was their backup room. One room was their old room. One was for the commercials. One was for production or like three were for production. It was just fucking insane. Um, And when I met Elvis Duran, I went, I went up to the building and I, I oddly wasn't like nervous. Normally I'm like fucking shaking and I'm like, hi, nice to meet you, Chris. This is really great. And I'm nervous as fuck. But this time around, you know, I fucking, I know I've earned my stripes when it comes to meeting people. I'm not nervous anymore. I remain calm. And I know that if I get nervous, I'm going to look like a bitch. So um, I went up to the room and they were, were still recording the live radio show. So there's like this soundproof glass thing here and there's like the production room, one of them, and you can see through the, the glass, obviously. And Elvis Duran's there with his guests. So we're sitting in the room talking with, it was me and Garrett and some of the guests that were going to be on a show. And then um, I'm just like astounded. It's astounded a fucking word. 
what does it mean when like you're really amazed? I was really amazed by uh, how like how fucking everything was just set up. And he has like clocks in the top of his uh, in the top of the room that they're in, and they're two separate clocks that are just timers. Really, they're not clocks. But one of them is recording like every nine minutes it counts down and one of them counts down every three minutes and it's like to time his commercials and to time his little bits. So everything comes out like fucking perfectly. So he could just flow like very easily. If you ever listen to the Elvis Duran show, you'll notice how clean it is. There's no like odd transitions like I fucking have. Um, it's just, everything's very smooth and like to see like how he's doing that with the timers and shit, it was just genius. You know, that's some shit that I would want if I had my own show, I'd want everything like perfect and everything easy for me as a, you know, entertainer. So, um, yeah, he comes in, Elvis Duran comes in and he shakes my hand and he looks at his friends and he goes, this guy's the best plug in the tub. And it was like some dumb joke that like I would say, and he said it like awkwardly and then looked at me and started laughing and everyone was laughing. So that instantly like made me feel comfortable. Like he was a funny guy. Uh, He's just super willing to like, I don't know, be fucking cool. They were all kind. Everyone there, I met his whole team. I met Maida. I met, I don't even know everyone's fucking names. I don't want to mess them up. But long story short, it was fucking great. And I had a great time. And uh, it was just a, it was just surreal, man. Like being able to your first time ever seeing a radio host, or like your first time being on the radio, really, is like a top forty amazing fucking like hugely successful radio show. It's not like some little fucking stroke job guy in his basement that like started his first radio. Sh- it's like my first radio interview is on Elvis Duran's show that is in top 40, has won plenty of awards, and has like 8 million listeners every month or some shit. Like crazy statistics. So yeah, that was that was crazy. I don't mean to be like flex, flex boy, but sometimes you got to give yourself some fucking recognition and realize like this shit's kind of working now, you know? Um, and a side note, I also, me and my buddy were talking about this, me and my buddy Ryan, sorry, I don't know what's going on over here. Um, me and my buddy Ryan were talking about this, which he's the founder of Time Sneakers. We had a meeting this week in New York as well. And what you know what I fucking love about this guy is how genuine he was and how much we didn't talk about Time Slippers. Like, I love Time Slippers and I really love like the sponsor that I got with them, which I'll get to later. But meeting this guy like for the first time, usually I like when I've had meetings with people that's about a brand, it's always fucking we're just going to talk about the fucking brand the whole time. And it's like, great, but I never get to know these people like as human beings. Me and Ryan sat down, instantly started talking about like our childhoods, what we've fucking been through in our lives, where he's at in his life, where I'm at, giving each other some opinions and like, I don't know what the fuck, uh, opinions and tips on our lives. Like I was asking him a lot of shit about girlfriends and girls and like, should I move here? And is it good to be single in New York or should I get a girlfriend or what the fuck do I do? He like, it was straight up. Like I was hanging out with my older brother that I never fucking had. You know, it was just someone that I could go to and talk about shit. And I can talk about that with my brothers, but for a complete stranger to just like instantly fucking have good chemistry, that was huge. And that made me want to help him out even more with his business, you know? So we'll get back to that later, but I just want to give a shout out to Ryan because that was fucking awesome. And uh, yeah, what we were talking about was that people like me and him that are like self-made or self-employed or trying to fucking be self-made, we don't know where the fuck we're going. Like, we don't know where our end goal is. Like, I could be on Elvis Duran's show. I could be on BurtCast. I could hang out with Chris D'Elia, whatever the fuck I'm doing. It's cool in the moment, right? But, like, I don't know where the fuck I'm going to be in 10 years. Of course, I have goals and I have places I'd like to be. But, like, I don't... There's no paved fucking way for me, you know? Everything is just kind of winging it and hoping that something fucking works. Um, Which I've been very lucky and... I've also worked my dick off, so I make sure that shit happens right. But the the point is, like, people that are in college right now, guys that are listening to this and girls out there that are, like, a nurse or a lawyer or you're getting a fucking business degree, even though business degrees are fucking bullshit, 
Um, whatever you're doing, if you're in college, you have like a expected job and an expected salary and like do four years here. And then if I, if I fucking last in college, I'm going to get a starting salary of $40,000 and I can move here and you could just plan shit out, you know? Um, we don't have that. Guys like us, self-employed, entrepreneur, whatever the fuck you want to categorize us as, uh, we're fucking, we are in the, we are in the winging it mode for about 80% of our lives. And then if shit fucking pops off, if I get a show on Netflix or whatever, then it's like, holy fuck, man, I made it. And then I'm super happy. And then, but like, yeah, there's a lot of stress that goes on with doing your own shit. So I just wanted to say that for all you guys that are fucking self-employed or entrepreneurs or trying to get some shit started on your own, hang in there. I know it gets fucking hard, but uh, shit, like I never thought I was going to do the Elvis Duran show, but if I wouldn't have met the first fucking guy and met the second guy and took my first trip, like I would have never have gotten here if I didn't do all the trips and meet all the people that I've done. And sometimes I wake up, even with this podcast, sometimes I wake up and I'm like, fuck man, I don't want to record this. But is my little bitch fucking brain and like me wanting to sleep an extra hour, am I going to let that ruin like the chances of this show getting on the radio or this show turning into something big? No. So sometimes you got to bite your tongue. You might not fucking like it all the time, but hang in there. And for all you people in college, uh, good fucking job. You know, you got it. You got it made for you. Good job. And you're going to get a decent amount of money after. Um, next thing I want to talk about. Now, I like to eat bougie food, right? And you see the picture go up and you're thinking, what the fuck is that? Um, I like to eat bougie shit when I'm in New York. When I'm really in anywhere, the only thing I'll fucking spend a lot of money on is food because I don't work out and you guys know that. And I don't want to like, you can't not work out and eat like shit, you know? I can't be like skinny, not muscular, and then at the same time, like every night I'm fucking hoarding Oreos in my room, you know? I don't know who does this with Oreos, but maybe some of you guys do. Um, so when it comes to eating food, even if it's like snacks or some shit, I'll go with veggie straws, I'll go with dark chocolate, uh, fucking gin, ginger, ginger chips, bananas, you know, banana chips, which are fucking disgusting. But it makes me feel a little bit better about myself. Like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm skinny, but at least I'm doing the right things for my body. I take vitamins every day, fish oil, magnesium, calcium, all that shit. I try to do something right, you know. Um, and in New York, there's a lot of fucking really nice restaurants. So I went to this place after I did the Elvis Duran show, made a Gandhi, which is one of my great friends now. I'm so fucking happy I met her. Um, I texted her and I said, hey, where can I get breakfast around here? And I hope I said her name right, by the way. Um, and she goes, go to this place called the Odeon. It's called the Odeon or something like that. It's in New York. And, it, and she said, like, do you want a bougie place? And I said, yeah, sure. Like, let's fucking do it. And she said, go here. Trust me, you'll love it. So I go to this place and like, they're serving me like, a, what's that like orange juice thing? It's like, mis not Moscato. I don't know what the fuck it's called. It's like orange juice and vodka. It's like a bougie breakfast thing. And they tried to serve that to me. I told him I don't drink. Um, and then he walks up to me, gives me the menu. And I look at the menu and it's like eggs and an omelet or whatever is like 40 bucks. But I was like, hey, you know what? I got to have my fucking time. I got to have a fun time here. I'm alone. If I was with a girl, it would have been 50 bucks anyway. So I'm just going to enjoy this. So now they bring the omelet out and it was 40 bucks and it was great. Okay. The food was fucking amazing, but rich people or expensive restaurants have a tendency to sell you under fucking portioned shit. Look at this plate right here, how the plate is huge. And then there's a little shrimp and a little fucking little bite sized food. That's what they basically did. The omelet was the size of half of a fucking pop tart. And that's not cool, right? I gave you 40 bucks. My omelet is smaller than my palm. I can fucking do this and put it in my mouth and just with my fingertips. That's how small this fucking thing was. And the salad was three fucking leaves with a little drizzle. It looked nice, but a little drizzle of fucking... I, and I was just looked at the guy and I was like, hey, where's part three, four, and five of this fucking little baby-ass meal? And he was like, oh, that's, that's the size of our omelet. That's the size. And I said, hey, man, is it 40 fucking dollars for one nineteenth 
of a Chicago-sized omelet. And he was just a fucking, you know what? The, the restaurant was great. The food tasted amazing. You could tell it was quality food. But I want to eat more than two bites when I pay 50 bucks. And I hope everyone can understand that. And now I looked up. Now I'm thinking, this has to be a joke. Am I on fucking punked? What's going on? And Maida, the fucking, if you're listening to this right now, the food was great. I'm not ripping you. The food was amazing. And I can understand, when you said bougie, this shit was bougie. But I looked up online, why the fuck are expensive food, or expensive restaurants, why do they give you such small portions, you know? Here's the top 10 list. I'm going to go over it quickly, and then we're going to get into the airport shit. Um... Number one, the cost of ingredients. A lot of these places use really expensive fish and fucking farm-raised chickens that I guess cost oodles of fucking money. One piece of fucking chicken costs 40 bucks? One, not a, not a full thigh, one cut. You fucking do this, you cut it out, and this little fucking baby stupid piece is 40 bucks. I don't buy that, right? Number one, I'm not buying it. Two, small is elegant. Most people don't go to these high place, high-end places often. They are mainly reserved for celebrating special occasions. Here goes me not being able to read. Uh, small is elegant? No. Small is not enough. So two, number two, I don't agree with that either. Number three, tasting menus. A lot of people just like to taste food and don't want to indulge in a full meal. Really? What fucking moron spends 60 bucks to taste a piece of steak? I don't like that. Four, design and art. This one fucking pisses me off. This is what Ryan said too when I was at the eat with him. I said like, hey man, what's going on with these restaurants? And he said, well, a lot of it's art. Okay, well, here's the thing. Put, the, put your fucking art in a museum and give me my food when I'm ready to eat it. When I'm ready to eat like this. Okay, five, I mean, I could go on. I'm just going to counter all of these. It's all fucking dumb. So the point of this is, if you want to eat food, go somewhere cheap and you're going to get some great fucking food and you're going to get a lot of portions. If you want to spend 50 bucks, have a bougie moment, get good food, but only three fucking bites and you're, and you're done, then go to the Odeon in New York. It was good. I'm not, I, I hate to rip it because it's like, I know that these people put their time into the food, but man, give me something fucking better. It's actually like hilarious how accurate this picture is. Um, but anyways, so now we're going to read off some stories on my plane ride home. I had a great trip in New York. If you guys can't tell <clears throat> on my plane ride home though, I, I was okay. I'm just going to give you guys, I'm going to walk you through my experience. I'm walking onto the plane and I usually do this thing where I like count every seat because I want to know who I'm sitting by. So I'm just counting them as I'm walking back and I'm in seat like 24A. So <clears throat> I'm counting back and I see 20, seat 24B, which is next to me, is like a great looking girl, right? She must be 20, she's probably my age, 21, 22, but she looks cute. I'm fucking excited. I don't have to sit next to some weird guy and I don't have to be uncomfortable. And you know what I mean? I just, and I know that that's wrong to do already because you're judging a book by its cover, but sometimes you gotta be a piece of shit human being. So I sit next to this girl and I'm like super excited. I'm like, finally, I got a cute chick I could sit next to. We could learn about each other. Maybe we're gonna fucking kiss. Maybe we're gonna talk about something stupid, but who cares? You know, it's great. It's gonna be a fun time. I'm not sitting next to someone that doesn't speak my language that I can even relate to. I'm not sitting next to someone that is gonna bother me or sleep on my, well, actually, yeah, yeah, you're gonna get to that. So we sit down and she says like, hi, what's your name? And I was like, I'm Angelo. Nice to meet you. And she said her name was fucking Sarah or whatever her name was. I don't even remember it. And um, we're sitting there and the plane's fucking sitting for 10 minutes. We're getting ready to lift off. And she like pulls out this magazine. I was like, what are you reading? And it was like some astrology fucking magazine. She was probably really smart. Um, and the they turned the plane lights off. And I opened the window and I said, like, do you want me to open the window so you could read? And she's like, that's really sweet of you. Thanks. So I was like, dude, she already fucking thinks I'm sweet. Maybe, maybe she's going to get a fucking, maybe I'm going to get jerked off on the plane right now. And instead, here's what happened. We're sitting next to each other. 
kind of talking, not flirting, but just like getting to know each other. And now she starts fucking, hachoo, hachoo, every two seconds. And I'm like, okay, well, don't do that. And then fucking, <coughs> every two fucking seconds. Now she pulls out one paper towel. That is a, it's like a brown school paper towel. You know when they give you those, like, they're not even, they're not even soft. It's like Starbucks, but even worse. She pulls out this brown paper towel that must have been a cubic foot. Or a, yeah, I don't know, a foot, a foot in width and a foot in length. So she pulls this thing out and now she starts blowing her nose. So now what she's doing is blowing her nose and then rotating the, the thing, the handkerchief, napkin, whatever. And then blows her nose again, rotates it. And now... I'm like trying not to look because that's fucking disgusting. But at the same time, like she's literally right next to me blowing her nose and then like looking at the shit that's coming out of her body. And uh, you can't like not like I'm trying to do this. You know, I got my fucking head. Just my hands are just covering my face. I got my hood on. And I'm trying to just get myself out of this fucking nightmare. And I keep like kind of looking over and the handkerchief is drenched in fucking snot and she keeps using it over and over, which by the fucking way, there's a bathroom three fucking feet. If you just get up, go to the bathroom, throw that nasty fucking thing out and get a new one and blow your nose all the fucking time, all the time, all the time. Um... So she just kept fucking sneezing, and then she kept doing this thing where, you know when you're like falling asleep on the plane, this is kind of for visual people only, but I'm gonna try to explain it. When you're falling asleep on the plane and like your head is like, goes down and then you wake up and then your head like goes down again, and you keep like jolting up, like you're some fucking robotic, I don't know. But that happens, your body is like trying to fall asleep and then you wake up and you're like, oh fuck, did anyone see that? And then you keep doing that until you eventually just fall asleep. So now she's doing that, but her head is like bouncing off of my shoulder. And now I'm thinking like, okay, you know what? She's a cute chick. Like maybe she just has had a fucking bad day. And then the other side of my brain is telling me, this girl probably has fucking swine flu. If she touches you, you're going to fucking throw up and get off this plane and pass out in fear of getting sick. Um, so I, I, it's like... I'm trying to not be a dick and I'm trying to just, maybe I'll just let her put her head on my shoulder and she's literally bouncing her head. So then I was thinking like, how about you just tell her, hey, don't, either don't or do. You got to tell her something. You could put your head on my shoulder or don't touch my shoulder, you sick fucking cunt. Uh, and what did I do? I just took the L. I fucking didn't say a word. I sat there with my mouth shut, covering my eyes and now my throat hurts. So like, dude, if you're sick and you get on a plane, you're a fucking, you're the stroke job of the week. People that get sick and then get on the plane and go home while they're sick, those people are the stroke jobs of the week. Unless you buy the seat next to you on your right and the seat next to you on your left. Because if you get someone sick, you're a fucking piece of shit. Especially when it's a stranger. I could have the biggest meeting in the world that day and someone sitting next to me has fucking pink eye or whatever you can get from sneezing on someone. And now I get sick because of this fucking guy and now my meeting's ruined. I can't meet with these people. I'm flying on this trip for only two days and now I get the flu. Like so many bad things can happen from that. It's just like, dude, you guys suck. If I'm sick and I'm on a plane, I promise to God, I will literally ask the people, can I sit in the fucking back? Like, I'm sick. I don't want to get these people sick. Let me sit somewhere that nobody else is so I can just... Also, I mean, comma, I am going to fucking not sneeze on other people. I'm going to cover my cough. I have hand sanitizer with me. Oh, and another thing is, when this girl was like starting to sneeze and fucking cough, I pulled out my hand sanitizer and very like right in front of her. Like I almost moved my hands over so it was in between us and was washing my hands just to show her like, I'm not going to let you fucking do this to me. <laughs> so I don't know, dude. It's just people that get sick and then go on a plane, stroke jobs of the week. Also, I want to take a quick second before I start reading off my fans' worst stories on a plane. I want to take a quick second to talk to you guys about time slippers. If you don't know what time slippers are, these are the most comfortable. Now, I'm, I'm not just saying this because it's an ad. I wore these, and I'm just going to do this instead of giving you guys an ad. Instead of 
wearing you know my boots or wearing my Jordan ones. I packed my boots, but I also figured I'm gonna bring these time slippers out to New York and really fucking put them to the test. And I'm gonna be honest with you guys, completely honest, these were so fucking comfortable. I wore my Yeezy boots for the first two days and I was getting these like calluses on the back of my heel because they fucking hurt so bad. And I, it was to the point where like I'm walking in New York and I'm like 10 blocks away from my hotel and I'm just like, dude, I can't. Like I need to call an Uber. I couldn't fucking make it. My feet were fucking killing me. And I did walk a lot, but walking a lot in a Yeezy boot, you guys know, or if you guys know what a Yeezy boot is, the inside is leather. So that leather rubs against your fucking skin and hurts like a bitch, even when you have high socks on. So I get back to my hotel, my feet are killing me. And I'm looking at my time slippers and I'm like, man, I need to fucking try these out. Like, this is the test. I put them on and I actually wore them in the airport before this, which I was already loving them then. I put them on without fucking socks on, which is a ballsy move because I usually think that's disgusting. Put them on without socks on. They were so fucking comfortable. The wool was like just comforting my fucking calluses that I had from my other shoes. And I was like, you know what? They really fucking figured it out. The insole, the yoga mat, which is actually six millimeters thick, um, saved me from hurting my fucking feet in New York. The back end of my whole trip, I was just wearing these. I did wear the time socks that they sent me with them as well, which just gave me the whole fucking, I had my little time moment. And it put them to the test. And, you know, they really were fucking great. And these little air ventilation holes in the side of them, you would think your feet are going to sweat a lot from the wool, but... I actually found that it was like perfect amount of like got a little bit of airflow and my feet are comfortable and warm at the same time. Um, so yeah, I mean, I just, I thought these were great. The only thing that bothered me a little bit was the, the Velcro strap. I, I like to wear it undone. I like to be, you know, I like to be different, but the Velcro strap like has nowhere to go, you know? So I, I just tucked it in by my jeans, but yeah, man, I mean, I really fucking was pleasantly surprised at how comfortable these are. Plus they're so flexible that when you're on an airport, if you're like me and you can't fucking sit still, I like put my feet up, I put my legs up like this, one of my feet is on the fucking seat, and I like I like to get comfortable. And these would like flex with me. Any position I was in, you could sit on your shoe, and this shoe will just feel like you're sitting on your leg. Like it's just very comfortable. It's not hard leather, it's not any firm materials, it's very nice. So there's the plug of the day. And now let's read some of pe some of these people, not my fans, I, I didn't mean to say fans earlier, we're going to read my friends and family's stories that they DM'd me. Um, this guy says, some lady dropped her bookmark under her seat. Oh, by the way, everyone likes to get like fucking racist as shit when it comes to being on a plane and like fat shaming. And I don't do all of that. The Kicks and Giggles podcast is not somewhere you're going to go for racism or fat shaming. So if there's a little fucking, you know, if someone throws in an adjective or something about a person that I don't like, I'm just gonna say everyone, this guy or this girl. We're not gonna do all that, okay? You know, some people gotta eat food and some people like to eat food, and including me. So I might be big one day, fuck you guys, you know? Let's not, let's not do all the fat shaming shit. Um, this guy says, some lady dropped her bookmark under her seat and was looking at it, looking for it for the whole two hours of the flight. She then proceeded to pull out beef jerky and eat it next to me, which smelled like shit. Beef jerky has a very bad scent to it, so I agree there. The whole time she wouldn't stop bugging me and eventually made me get out of my seat so she could find her bookmark. She eventually found it. So here's what you do. Here's the simple answer to this. Stop fucking reading. You know, it's 2019. We got audiobooks. We got books on your phone. You're using a bookmark in 2019, you stupid fucking bitch. I just said I'm not going to like be mean and like call people names and then I call someone a bitch. Stop reading. You know, the, the key, the answer to this is, even though it's not my, the person that's reading this is like the opponent of this woman, but she should stop reading and you should just go to bed. You know, if that's going to happen, if someone's going to be annoying me on a plane like that, just, just go to sleep then. Tell them, hey, I could, I don't give a fuck about your bookmark. Stop reading books in 2019. And then I would turn my head and go to sleep. This guy says, when it wasn't allowed... Okay, this is another fucking... There's, people are fat, dude. Couldn't sit comfortably. Okay, well, how about you fucking... How about... You know what? I'm going to stick up for them. 
They should be able to sit wherever the fuck they want. And if you aren't comfortable, then buy first class and go sit first class. You're sitting in economy. People are going to be of all fucking colors. People are going to be of all fucking shapes and sizes. And if you have a problem with it, that's your fucking problem, not theirs. So don't be a piece of shit. Um, baby crying, except it spat on me. Wanted to put my foot through its throat. That Now this one hands down, would drive me fucking insane. Not because I'm only a germaphobe, but I fucking hate, like, kids in general. When there's a baby crying, whether I'm at a restaurant or a plane or whatever the fuck, I just want to leave. If I'm eating at a restaurant and a baby starts crying, I'm fucking leaving. Like, I'm sorry if that's mean, but I cannot stand any age from, like, fucking, like, what is it, like, toddler toddler twos or something like that. Oh, terrible twos, three, four, five years old. Any age that the kid can't just fucking sit still and shut the fuck up. I'm not interested in dealing with your shit. You know, who wants to hear that? And if a baby threw up or spat on me, oh my God, dude, I would rage the fuck out. And I would really, I would blame it on the parent because it's the parent's fault. Take care of your fucking kid. Put a bib on him or fucking put a helmet on him and a mask so he doesn't throw up on other people. Put a helmet and a mask. Got off of one plane and was heading to the next gate on the other side of the airport. I passed a group of people who had an intense body odor. Now, I like this one because she's not saying anything fucked up. She, all she's saying is... People had an intense body odor. Okay, I'm, I'll read this one. When I board the plane, all is well until I smell the odor again. I looked up and there were a few rows in front of me. It was so intense that the stewardess was spraying in the aisles. I covered my face. It was nauseating. Yeah, you know, that sounds shitty. Um, someone could have just shit their pants. And you had to fucking deal with it. That's kind of the shitty part. Another shitty part about flying economy, which I fly economy too. I'm not saying this like I fly first class. I'm just saying... When I hear stories like this, this is what helps me make sense of why you would fly first class, you know, so you don't have to deal with shit like this because someone that's spending like a thousand bucks on their seat is taking plane rides seriously that they're not going to sneeze on you. They're not going to have a kid that just shit his pants that you have to fucking look at. They're not going to be obnoxious. People that fly first class, they take flying seriously. I'm going to get on my fucking plane put my little face mask on, go to sleep, read a book, eat some shitty food, and, you know, enjoy my time. Had an old lady I never met before squeeze my thigh as hard as she could anytime we had turbulence. This one, it's like shitty, but it's like, dude, she's an old lady. She could fucking die if she didn't hold your leg. So you got to give points to her and you got to take the L, man. Sorry. Getting slammed on the ground. Okay, this is about how he gets drunk and takes acid on a plane. I don't know how that's a, like, yeah, that's going to be a bad experience. Um, dude, perfect timing. I'm in the air right now. I was, first I was running late out of Manhattan, told my driver I was in a rush and likely going to miss my flight. The dude drove me to Brooklyn, stopped in the middle of the road and ran into Starbucks. Fucking shit you not, barely made it to my flight and get on and we're backing out and the plane smashes into something and we had to go back to the goddamn terminal. They had to replace a bunch of shit on it. Total shit show. Yeah, that sucks. Like when you get on a plane, which happens, like this has happened to me so many times, get on a plane and then you just sit there for an hour and then they're like, we're going to be lifting off in uh, about 20 or 30 minutes here. We had a little bit of a problem with the gas leakage. And it's like, dude, figure all of that shit out before we get on the plane. How how hard is it to for the guy that runs the thing to be like, okay, is this plane ready to go? Yep, all right, pull that one up. These guys are going to Illinois. And then another guy, this plane's ready to go? Great, pull it up. They're going to LAX. How fucking hard? It's like they have 25 planes, some of them work, and then everyone gets on the plane, and then the guy's like, hey, is this plane ready to go? And then there's another guy that's like, I didn't, I didn't fucking check. Didn't John check? No, dude, I asked you. Well, the, the, there's no gas. Okay, well, now they have to do all of that while everyone's sitting wait, waiting to go. Why? Why? Check the planes. Make there be, like, there should be a light that's like green or red. Green means it's ready to go. Red means it's not. How hard could it be? We could figure out how to make fucking toys that fly, meaning drones, and we can't figure out how to make a plane like notify them if it's ready or not to go. I don't know. It's just bullshit. 
I asked the Chinese man to watch my drink when I went to the bathroom, and he dr he agreed. When I came back, he was drinking it. Oh, I shouldn't have said, like, here, you know what? I shouldn't have said that, because it doesn't matter if he's Chinese or not. That's the thing. I asked the Chinese man to watch my drink when I went to the bathroom. He drank it. Guess what's the same thing? I asked a man to watch my drink. Same fucking thing. I don't, I like, I know that it doesn't sound bad to even say that. She's just explaining what the person was. But I know how people are being, and I don't like that. So, um, this, this is a really shitty one. Um, the lady next to me spilled her coffee on my Tiffany Dunks while I was sleeping and didn't tell me about it. Noticed it in the car on my way, way to the hotel. Now, if these are low-top Tiffany Dunks, these are like $1,000 shoes. And they're rare as fuck. And a woman spills her coffee on them. Coffee's going to stain those hands down. And he doesn't get notified because she was a fucking piece of shit. That's unfortunate, you know? Um, by the way, you know, I hope you guys know that I hate to do this disclaimer, by the way, but when I say cunt and when I say bitch, it's just like a fun, I say it in a fun thing. So don't get like super sad because this is how I am, you know? And if you don't like how I am, then you don't got to listen. But I just, I use a lot of vulgar words and I use some intense shit, but I'm doing it as fun. I'm, I'm not being super serious, you know? Um, I said, how did you know it was her though? You know, how does he know that he didn't just spill coffee himself and he didn't realize it? He says, because they were clean when I got on the plane and all I got was a water. I noticed her get a coffee um, and my tongue and laces were brown when I looked at them in the car. So, or in the plane. So, I mean, yeah, he's either, he's got bad luck and that girl's a piece of shit for spilling and not telling him. Because if you spill something on someone's shit, tell them right away because then they could get a cloth they could wet it and they could soak the fucking coffee out and you'll be fine. Don't like, don't do that. Don't do what she did. Um, this is the last one, I think. Yeah. Oh my God, literally not even kidding. But I was probably like eight or 10 years old when we were flying back from Florida. My sister used to sit next to me. Okay. Um, this girl says I'm usually a little distressed at the beginning of a flight, but I'll be fine. Uh, she cries the whole time thinking we're going to crash or something. I was ready to knock this girl out. You know, that's a little kind of mean. You don't have to knock her out. She's just she's just a little nervous. Um, you What you should have done here, people like to fight fire with fire. This is a clear fucking example. This girl's crying, being annoying, very fucking riled up. What do you want to do? You want to knock her out? That's not going to fix anything, right? Here's what I would have done. I would have slipped a fucking Advil PM right over to the fucking table to her, not doing the Cosby sneak, but just like uh, like awaringly slipping her a fucking Advil PM and just saying, hey, chill the fuck out, you know? Sh shut up. Shut the fuck up. Take this. It's going to help you. You're going to knock out. And you're not going to be worried. Or tell her, go fucking buy Xanax every time you fly. Take the Xanax because you're a nut job. That's what I would do. F try to so like find the solution to the problem. Anytime I go on a plane, I used to take Dramamine when I was a kid, which I think like is for motion sickness, but now I don't do it anymore when it's short flights, but now Advil fucking PM every time I go to LA, it's a five hour flight, that shit knocks me out. I take two or three of them, sometimes I take a little bit extra, trying to get a little fucking, get a little baked on the plane, and uh, yeah, it knocks me out, I wake up five hours later and I'm, I'm good to go. Even though they do leave you a little bit drowsy. But yeah, offer them some, offer her some medicine. Not anything crazy, obviously. But Advil PM, hey, take this, chill the fuck out. And then if she doesn't take it, then yeah, knock her out. No, I'm just kidding. But I mean, get mad after you try to solve it and she doesn't allow you to, you know? So that was it for the plane ride stories. Plane rides from hell is what this one might be called. Um... We all had those fucking moments. Thank you guys for sharing your stories with me. I hope I read yours. If I didn't read yours, it was probably because I sensed a little bit of fucking racism or a little bit of bullshit in your in your submission. Now, the first thing I want to talk about are, this is the sneaker portion of the podcast. I got both of these. These are the Fear of God shoot-arounds. I don't know if this is both left shoes. Um, I think this collab is fucking extremely underrated. Uh, Fear of God, name another company, really quick, name another company that can fucking crush it when it comes to clothing, backpacks, accessories, and come out with sneakers and everything is like 
not only amazing quality, but just like everything is like looks okay. They look appealing. It's not like Lululemon, they're great at making fucking pants and then they try to make shoes and they're like very ugly and like super overpriced and all that. Fear of God crushes it in every aspect. I, like I'm not sponsored by them, but I fucking wish I was. They just know what they're doing, man. Jerry Lorenzo and the fucking team, they've just figured it out. Now the lighting's fucked up. Um, so I got these in hand. Now the gray pair, the, here's what I don't like about the gray pair. It's, they're, they're just, whatever this fucking material is, this suede shit, I can't get behind it. I don't like how it's a mid high top and how straight this fucking thing is. There, it's so firm up here. If you guys know what I'm talking about, you'll get them in hand. But the shoot arounds, the, whatever the top of the shoe is made out of, literally like this ankle line, it's thick leather and it's just so fucking bulky right here that when you walk, you feel that like, I don't know, it's not, it's nothing like a time slipper. That's for fucking sure. Um, I do like the black pair better. The black pair has got this, it's like a mesh type. You guys could see how it's like reflecting in the mirror or in the camera. Um, it's like a mesh. It's a thick jersey style material and the black pair is definitely more comfortable, but the gray pair looks better by far. I like that it's gray and it's got this black swoosh and it definitely stands out more, but this suede is going to get fucking ruined. You guys know I don't do suede. I don't do new buck. It's not like thick, so it's not going to really pick up dirt a lot, but it's just, it's, it's annoying enough to, to fucking not work for me. You know, I love the shoe. I think they look dope, but for 500 bucks, I'm probably not going to buy those. I wouldn't recommend buying the gray pair. If you're going to get one or the other, I'd say get the black pair. The, the material is a lot more comfortable to walk with. It's not going to get as dirty. These are going to be super easy to clean with like a soft bristle brush. And uh, yeah, black pair is definitely my pick over those. Now we're going to talk about some annoying releases that have come in, that have are, are coming out within the next week or have already came out within this past week. These are the Crimson... I can't get my fucking thing to focus. These are black, gray, and crimson. These are retro ones. These were a total fucking flop. Um, markets at like 190 to 210 at like sizes eight, or sizes nine, 10, 11, 12, like your basic sizes. But your eight and a halfs, nine and a half, seven and a halfs, they're a little bit more expensive. They always are with retro ones, but I mean, total fucking flop, man. I saw people pre-ordering these for like 375. Everyone's saying they were gonna be super limited. It's like an off-white take. Like everyone was just making shit up because there's some writing on the bottom here that you could see there. It says SP19 Air Jordan 1. Um, they, I will say, I had a pair in hand. I didn't wanna show them on the show because I didn't give a fuck about them. Uh, the material was actually pretty good. I wouldn't say it was like, unreal it wasn't like shatter backboard style but for a fucking retro one that is an ugly colorway and it's clear that it's an ugly colorway they did give a fuck about the materials on these so i don't want to completely bash on them i just think that they were a flop and you can easily pick them up in a lot of champs and finish lines around at least in my area um but yeah, I was not a fan of the colorway. If it was just gray and black, these would have been great. That crimson orange fucking ruins the shoe. I hate when companies do that. Like throw in one of their favorite fucking dope neon colors to a classic black and gray shoe. It just doesn't work. Now this pair, this is the most underrated shoe of the week by far. These are patent leather retro one mid tops. They're not a high, they're not like a retro one really. People would consider these as a team Jordan, but it's a mid top. They're patent leather, they're white and black, and they got a clean gold swoosh on them. These are fucking dope. I love black, gray, or black white, and gold on a shoe. I like the black toes. I like the complex pair, and they just fucking... If this was a high top, man, I would fucking wear them. I actually might buy them and wear them to uh, Vegas when I go at the end of this month just because it's their colors. But man, those are fucking dope. You could get these for like 120 bucks. So if you're looking, if you're someone that's looking to buy a shoe and you're on a budget, the Air Jordan Retro 1 Mid Black, White, and Gold colorway that just came out, they don't have an official colorway name. Uh, definitely go grab these because these are a fucking steal. Plus, I think they still do the Jumpman on the tongue of the mids. I like that. So those I'm a fan of. I'm starting to give less of a fuck about how much something costs. And I'm starting to really take what is it worth? Like, what is this material? How do they look? 
What do they fucking feel like? Because ever since I've gotten into more comfortable clothes and shoes, now I don't give a fuck about like name brand, even though I love Fear of God, I love these shoes. It's like at the end of the day, the material is not gonna hold up. It, they're not gonna be durable. You can't wear them. So I wanna give you guys a more straight fucking honest opinion on these shoes. Um, this pair is called the Air Max 20, 720 Saturn. Ugly as fuck. Okay, if you're if you're not watching, you could view or you could view this or you could listen along with me and Google Air Max 720 Saturn. The shoe itself is cool. I wish they were all black. This is another Nike wants to throw a neon color in a fucking neutral color shoe and ruin it. If they were all black, I would like them. Black and neon green on a high top shoe looks like shit. And uh, making the 720 like a boot style thing is like questionable because they're supposed to be a running shoe. They're supposed to be comfortable and like athletic. And you're putting this like unnecessary amount of fucking ankle support on them. I don't know how I feel about that, but not a fan of these. These are a fucking, they'll probably go for a lot of money too, just because they're like different. Um, I think the last sale on like StockX was only 200, but people are asking for like four or five. Um, now this pair that just released, I think these released yesterday. These are called the Adidas ZX 4000 4D. Now, I do like the 4D concept. They're 3D printed shoes. They make them out of like liquid and then they heat. There's like a heat gun that they use to like fucking mold them together. And then a 3D printer prints out like the whole midsole of the shoe. It's really cool how they make them, but... I've put them on before. I thought I was going to be blown away. The first pair that was like a Futurecraft 4D that was like black with a greenish insole or midsole. I tried those on. They were so fucking uncomfortable. It literally felt like I was walking on plastic. It was like Lego fucking world meets sneakerheads. And I wasn't a fan of that. So I think the concept is cool. Making shoes from fucking 3D printers is like unrealistic and like or it's not unrealistic. It's like you wouldn't even think to do that. It's like some crazy shit, some futuristic shit. I like that. But this shoe is ugly as fuck, first of all. Um, you got blue. You got dark blue. You got red, green. There's a hint of pink. On the heel tab, there's more pink. There's mint green. There's teal green. It's fucking ugly as shit. And I think the retail price of these is 300 bucks. Definitely don't fucking don't buy them. Trust me, if you're someone that's in, like intrigued by the fact that they're like using futuristic technology. I get it, but trust me, this midsole is the same one that they used on the pair that I wore and it was not comfortable. So they got some work to do. I think these will be huge eventually, but Adidas is still figuring it the fuck out right now. Um, so that's my picks of the week, you know. The, the patent mid retro one, these are the fucking shoe of the week for me. And the neutral ones, flop of the week, the retro ones I talked about with the crimson on them, 720 Air Max, they're dope, but they, they need work done. The Air Max and the fucking 4Ds, they need some work done. They need to switch up the colorways. They need to tweak some things, but they they have potential, you know, and I guess we're just going to see what happens with those in the future. So thank you guys for listening. Go get yourself some time slippers because these are the fucking best. They're not only for inside. They're for outside. Trust me, I fucking wore them. Um, thank you guys for listening. Have a great week. And now I look like a fucking ghost.